Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. When I was growing up, I, I, you know, I grew up going to church. And uh, when I was younger, particularly in my teenage years, when I got really passionate about um, Jesus and church, I thought the Catholic Church was, was the enemy. I thought tradition was the enemy. It was like, no one, no one taught me that, no one told me that, but it was just kind of like what I, what I picked up, that like, you know, that old stuffy church was wrong and, and we were right, or whatever it was. Um, but the more I begin to see and explore the kind of vastness of the Christian tradition, I just realized the richness in the heritage and the tradition of what has gone on through generations and the different streams of church that we see on the world today. And um, we've been exploring this a fair bit at Greenhouse, trying to kind of marry tradition and progress. And what does it look like to um, look at the ancient way and apply it for our modern world today? And um, one of the things that I've been captured by recently is the historic church calendar. And uh, we started with, with Advent last year. And this is the first Sunday in the Lent season, which is like the lead up to uh, Easter, Good Friday and Easter. And um, there's something about it. Like there's something about marrying ourselves, finding ourselves, anchoring ourselves in the traditions that have been held by the Christian church for thousands of years. And um, this is the beginning of Lent. Lent is a 40-day period, not including Sundays, in the lead up to Easter. It's kind of an identification with the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. We're going to read that passage uh, in a moment. But it's about uh, kind of three things, recentering ourselves as Christians around three kind of formational practices, coming back to three things. The first one is prayer, like a, a recommitment to prayer over the season in the lead up to Easter. Um, some sort of fasting. A lot of people will like do like a, if they're fasting food, they might do a, like a Ramadan style fast where they like have a meal at night, but not during the day, or they might fast Wednesdays or Fridays, or um, you might fast coffee or wine or whatever it is. I'm, I'm fasting social media um, this year. An attempt to kind of realize the sacrifice that Jesus has given up for us and kind of align ourselves with that. And the third one is, is giving, um, generosity. And I, I emailed out a few um, links for, for giving in the email this week around the Ukraine war and um, the floods that have happened, a few organizations that we trust. There's obviously a bunch of people doing good work in, in that area. Um, but Lent starts with Ash Wednesday, which was last Wednesday. And uh, if you were part of a Catholic church, um, you would go to a mass on Ash Wednesday and they would do something where they would get ash you can see Vince modeling this already, um, and, and, and put a cross on your forehead as a way of identifying with the, um, the sacrifice and the crucifixion of Jesus in the lead up to resurrection. We're actually going to do that at the end of um, the talk this morning um, for those who want it, which is going to be, which is going to be really good. Um, but it's, it's a way of kind of identifying with the sacrifice of Jesus. We walk in the midst of ash in our world right now. You look around, you know, a pandemic, global uh, crisis in terms of war, uh, floods, 
I know there's just a bunch of people in our community right now that are sick, just like sickness going through, and just the personal crisis that we all go through as well. And Ash Wednesday or Ash Sunday we're going to have today is a way of identifying that we find Jesus in suffering. It's this like undeniable truth of the gospel that Jesus entered into our pain. And Ash Wednesday or Ash Sunday is a way of identifying ourselves with Jesus, but remembering that Jesus identifies himself with us, that he actually went through suffering. He went through pain in order to bring new life and resurrection. It's the idea of beauty from ashes, which is that beautiful line from Isaiah the prophet when he's you know, talking about Jesus who's going to come. It kind of enter into the ash of the world, the brokenness, the disintegration, and bring beauty and resurrection and life. Matthew chapter 4 is a, a, a classic verse, a classic story that um, churches will read through the Lenten season. And it's about the temptation of Jesus, the, the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. Matthew 4 verse 1. It says this, uh, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. I would too. During the time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone but by the every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the Scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The Scriptures also say you must not, not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. It was a wild little story. This is, happens just after Jesus gets baptized. I just want to share three, three quick thoughts around this passage. The first one is, that's really interesting, is that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. The Spirit led Jesus to get tempted by the devil. Isn't that a weird thing? The Spirit took him there. I just think it's interesting that, Jesus, uh, that, that the Spirit chose to use that time, that 40 days of wilderness, loneliness, solitude, tempting to form Jesus for what he was about to do. This is the start of his ministry. This is the start of him getting all the things that the devil begins to talk about, but in the right way. And what it tells us is that the dry and lonely places that we find ourselves in life, the dry seasons, the isolated times, are actually key parts of our formation as followers of Jesus. That the Spirit actually uses those times of ash and suffering. He doesn't cause them, but he uses them. The second thing that I find really interesting about this passage is that the way Jesus fights the devil is not through, like, you know, 
tearing down strongholds and, and, and praying up a storm and praying in tongues. But the way he fights the devil is through spiritual practice. Silence, solitude, fasting, prayer, and scripture. That's the way that Jesus fights the devil. And the demons that we fight in our life, the, the evil that we fight in our world and our own hearts are actually fought through spiritual practice, through actually living out habits that help us become more like Jesus, that form us in the way of Jesus, silence and solitude and fasting and prayer and scripture. And the Lent season is about refocusing ourselves on spiritual practice. We talk about spiritual practice, spiritual habits a lot here, but it's an intensified season of like thinking about what does my prayer life look like over the next 40 days? What does fasting look like for me? What does generosity look like for me over this season? Prayer is just our attention to God, like our focus on God. And you can pray in so many different ways. Worship is prayer. The music we, we sing, it's, it's this collective prayer. Um, you can pray through Scripture. You can have a fixed hour daily prayer. You can have silence and solitude or walking prayer. There's so many ways to fix our attention on God. Fasting is us saying no to something for a season in order to say yes to God. It's us saying, actually, I have control over kind of my base desires, the things that just like actually control me, my hungers and wants and needs, the things that I feel like I have to have in my life. Actually, my spirit is stronger than my flesh. And generosity is a way of saying, actually, everything I have is a gift from God. And we can start to think about the stuff that we hold in our hands, the time, the money, and think, man, I just got to hold on to this. I got to like manage this really well because like it could all be gone, right? There's a global crisis. Who knows what's going to happen to the stock market? What's happening with the price, the housing market? You know, all that sort of stuff. But it's actually just giving away as a sign of identifying that I belong to Jesus and I'll be okay. Lent is a season to refocus ourselves on the spiritual disciplines. And the third thing I noticed from this passage is this is that Jesus faced the same temptations that we do. We kind of think of Jesus as this, like, superhuman. He didn't, like, you know, get hungry. He didn't care about what people thought about him. He didn't care about, you know, his perception in the world or how much power he had or control he had in his life. But there's these three temptations that the devil brings to Jesus that are the same three temptations that we have all the time. The first one was through food, like our, our consumption, our money, he said, turn this, this stone into bread. He'd been fasting for 40 days and he was hungry. Um, and there's a, there's a temptation in us to get enough stuff so that we feel comfortable, so we feel fulfilled. We consume our way into safety. The second one was, was power. The devil said, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say that his angels will protect you. If you're the son of God, you know, you could just like jump and you'll be sweet. You've got all this power at your fingertips. Why don't you just use it for your own gain? We all get tempted to have control in our world. Power is just an attempt at control because we, we want to find safety in controlling the world around us. And the third way that the devil tempted Jesus was fame. Verse 8 says, Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give it all to you if you bow down and worship me. I'll give you like every city, all these people, all these eyes, all this attention. 
And these are the things that Jesus actually ends up getting. Uh, food, for, like he, he turns a few loaves in to be able to feed 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people. He gets power. You see him, for the kingdom of God, bring healing and a resurrection and uh, does this miracle after miracle walking on water. He uses that in the right way. And he gets fame. Like, people actually clamoring for him. He, he has crowds following him around, even to the point where he slips away to be on his own. But the thing is, all those things came to Jesus, but it's, I think, in the wilderness that he learned to carry them in the right way. It's in the wilderness that he formed his own character. Instead of being self-serving, he was serving the kingdom of God. And we see time and time again when people get these three things, they, they crumple under the pressure, right? We just like, I feel like every other week there's a, there's a story of some, some pastor who's done something that's like blown up their, their life or some businessman or some politician. If we get power and fame and everything that we ever want, Sometimes our character can't sustain us to stay there. And it's in spiritual practice that we are formed as people. Because of the wilderness, Jesus had maturity to control those base desires that we all have. And it's through suffering and identifying with the way of Jesus that we build maturity to hold those things if and when they come as well. So I wonder, just to finish up, I wonder if there is something over this next season and the lead up to Easter and the lead up to the celebration of the resurrection and new life that Jesus brings, that he's coming to recreate the whole world. He's coming to recreate us, but he's coming to make all things new. Coming to bring a new government where there's no pain or sickness or war or floods or fires. He's coming to make all things new. But I wonder in the lead up to that, whether there's one of these three practices that maybe the Spirit of God might be nudging us towards over this next season towards Easter. Maybe it's something to do with prayer. For me, this season I'm doing a, um, a daily office or a fixed hour prayer. We've talked about this a few times before, but basically it's just praying uh, at set hours through the day. Um, for me this time, I, I changed it around a fair bit, but for me in the morning I'm praying through the Lord's Prayer at 12.12, I'm praying through Romans 12.12, which is a, um, a, a scripture that someone gave me as a, as a prophetic word. It says, um, be joyful in hope, patient in suffering, and faithful in prayer. And at 4 o'clock, I pray for my triad, our little, um, uh, our little kind of discipleship group and, and guys that I'm walking with and pray through the stuff going on in their world at, at the moment. And that's kind of my fixed hour prayer through this next season. And um, if that's something you want to do or something you want to form, and it's like kind of a, a personal thing, sometimes we do it all together with, with certain prayers. But if you want help to form something like that, I can do that. Send me an email or a message, and we can work through that. Um, so prayer, fasting. As I said, I'm fasting social media this, um, this season. But maybe, maybe God's leading you into fasting something. It might be fasting a day a week or fasting a certain food or, or fasting the whole time. I don't know. Um, and generosity. Is, is God calling you to be generous with your finance towards something, a need that you see around you? We're going to um, do the kind of the Ash Sunday thing in a second, but I, I just want to give you 60 seconds just to quiet yourself, just between you and God, and ask 
Just see if, if the Spirit might be saying something. I believe the Spirit speaks today. You'll, you'll, you'll hear it just through a, an idea, a thought, a prompting, an image, a verse. Is there one of those things that maybe the Spirit of God is leading you towards during this time? Prayer, fasting, generosity, or maybe something else? Let's take 60 seconds of silence. Let's pray, come Holy Spirit, would you speak? The practice of Ash Wednesday was first formalized, although they, they thought they'd done it a long time before that, but in the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, so, you know, 1,700 years ago. The church has been doing this, lent in, lent out, 1,700 years at least. And it's a beautiful way of identifying with the sacrifice of Jesus. Actually, the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. It's the way of actually uh, a death to the parts of us that want to control us. Those base desires, you know, of wanting to consume for me, of wanting power and respect, of wanting fame and people to notice me and see me. But it's actually a way of growing up, identifying with Jesus in the ash of our life, in the pain, in the suffering. That is actually through the cross that comes resurrection. And so we do this in remembrance of Jesus and his sacrifice and honoring that he meets us in our own. So um, Vince is going to go grab the ash. We're going to stand. Um, and I, I realize I'm very aware that this like can feel kind of cultish if you've never <laughs> been a part of something like that. And so there's no... Um, no obligation to, to partake. But uh, we're going to stand together. We're going to sing some songs. And if you want to come up, Vince and I will be down here and uh, we'll put the ash on you. Part of the traditional thing that the priest would say is repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent just means to turn, to turn back to God and believe the good news that he has come into the world and through the cross and the resurrection, he is making all things new, including you. So let's stand.